0: Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Oilers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tom Gazzola with you from TSN 1260, Edmonton sports leader, host of the Oilers pre- and post-game show. On hiatus right now, obviously, but as we continue to creep towards a restart in the National Hockey League, I'm getting more and more excited, I'm trying to maintain a level head about this situation, but it's looking better and better as days continue to pass. So we'll see where that goes. Can't wait to get back in studio with our friend and contributor to Locked On Oilers, Hernan Salas, as well as Maddie Cassian and the entire TSN 1260 crew. But in the meantime, we've still got Locked On Oilers. Glad you could join us. By the way, this episode of Locked On Oilers brought to you by Built Bar. Remember, promo code Locked On gets you $10 off your first box at www.builtbar.com, type in promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and it'll get you $10 off your first box of Built Bar. We have a great show for you today. Andy Sutton, former oiler, joining us to talk a little hockey, talk a little bit life, what he's up to these days, has not played in the NHL since 2012, Interesting cat, a guy that I really enjoyed spending time around when he was a member of the Edmonton Oilers, one of those guys that you could just shoot the breeze with and and basically talk about anything, really. Always quick-witted and funny and busted jokes on you and always in a kind-hearted way too, which is a great thing. So we'll talk to Andy shortly, find out what he's up to these days. He's got a lot going on, very smart guy, articulate dude. And, man, he would lay the boom back in the day playing in the NHL. And some of his hits were <laughs> absolutely massive. Massive is the best way to describe it. He is a big dude, six foot six, like 245 pounds was his playing weight. And uh, he could also chip in a little bit offensively. Started out as a forward, wound up on the back end. Played over a dozen years in the National Hockey League. Carved out a nice little career. And it'll be great to catch up with him, find out what he's doing these days as well. So, another great show for you. Let's get into it with Andy Sutton. Pleased to welcome on to Locked On Oilers, uh, a former Oiler, uh, a friend, and someone I enjoyed being around during his time in Edmonton, although it was for one season. He is the Velveteen Giant, a name he gave himself, I believe, if I remember correctly. (laughs) He can correct me if I'm wrong. It is Andy Sutton. Uh, Andy, uh, thank you for coming on the podcast. And and I haven't talked to you really in a long time. You know, I always got a kick out of shooting the breeze with you in the locker room, whether it was you know in an interview situation, in a feature situation, or just uh, anytime in the locker room when stuff was going on. What's going on? Thanks, man, for coming on.
1: Buddy. It's so great to be here. What, what a great intro. That's hilarious. I don't know how many people have probably tuned out now. They're like, Velveteen Giant, I'm out of here. Son. I'm uncomfortable. Well, you know, <laughs> <It's> you, <good.
0: laughs> you said that nickname while you were wearing a beanie and like a probably a, a, a cashmere long sleeve tee while we were shooting an Oil. I don't, know what I, I don't know what
1: I was wearing, but I did. I did have a I did have a taste for the uh, for the for the nice velvet jackets when I travel. I don't know why. I think I just I just felt luxurious. It just seemed like the right thing to do at the time, you know. So it's it, uh, it was probably a good nick, a good self-proclaimed nickname.
0: Hey, you you got to be you, and that's the most important thing. Speaking of that. <laughs> Uh, what have you been up to since you know since I actually talked to you formally and and since you last saw the ice here in Edmonton which was your last season what have you been up to man
1: well life's been life's been crazy I mean I think everybody's life's been crazy over you know a like six or seven year span or whatever it's been it's been a long time um, but I, I've been really busy in business I, I, I've I've found an outlet for myself that checks all the boxes all the competitive juices that i had when i was playing and all of the uh you know ability to utilize you know whatever tools i have available and really try to optimize those on a daily basis has, has really spoken to me and i i've gotten involved in some really cool endeavors and i've ended up being becoming a brand owner in a, in a few categories that are near and dear to me i i I bought a company called jomo nutrition um out of the gates it's jomo.com j-o-m-o.com and it's it's a nutritional supplement Um, it's really with a joint health focus but it's really an inflammation management product so it's 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 housed in like a super fruit base really minimized total bodily inflammation and really like suppression of inflammation in the joints most specifically and i've been spending a lot i've been spending a lot of time in that space um you know really since about a year after i retired I started working in hockey, um, maybe a couple of years after that, as much as I, you know, looked to get away from the game for a little while, I came back in on the product development side and started developing some intellectual property in the, in the protective category, working with some top brands on, on some licensing programs and things. And then, and then really that sort of led me to where I am today. So I'm the president of wholesale sports Inc. Um, it's a hockey company here out of, uh, based out of California, which is really nice. Um, and we own, we own the Alkali brand for Roller. We have the TronX brand, which is kind of our value brand. Uh, we had North American distribution rights for Tacklet. And then we own the former uh, Canadian apparel company, First Star. So we sell a lot of like jerseys, socks, you know, team, team items. Um, and then that, that brand, Wholesale Sports, acquired a company called Verbero. And uh, I, I ended up negotiating with my partner Chris, and we took Verbero outside of wholesale sports umbrella, and we we operated as a standalone. So I've been I've been really spending a lot of time since we acquired since I guess I acquired Verbero in December. And, uh, and basically that's been my sole focus. So we took the best of the best from that, that company and they had product that was in the NHL, very high level, very technical stuff. And we added some of the very best characteristics of the other parts of our business to the brand. So we've added in an incredibly robust you know, team apparel and, and team services uh, division, where we do everything from game wear to the trap to travel wear and all of the, all the pregame and post game apparel. Um, and then we really added in a feature that's very unique to the, to the carbon fiber skate that the brand is known for. We got a 350 gram hockey stick to market, uh, just launched about two weeks ago. And, uh, where tested that thing myself, it's just absolutely incredible. I feel so fortunate that we were able to get a product like that. So, I mean, in a nutshell, I know that was kind of a long, uh, but it took, it took seven years to get to this point. So I tried to condense it as best I could. Hopefully everybody's still with us.
0: Guys, I'm here to tell you about Built Bar, which is the best-tasting protein bar ever. Built Bars are delicious. It's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, a chocolate bar, whatever you want to call it. There's 16 great flavors, 8 with nut, 8 with nut-free options. And, of course, the bars are 100% covered in chocolate, soft and easy to chew. Built Bars are definitely healthy, and it's a great health-conscious choice for the health-conscious guy or gal out there. If you want to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat, Built Bars, they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. Flavor Profile Peanut Butter Brownie, 20 grams of protein, 170 calories, 3 grams of sugar, 3 grams of net carbs. Go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your first order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BiltBar.com. Hockey players, I think you said this to me right before we we came on. Is is hockey people are are geeks when it comes to gear. I certainly was growing up and playing. I even to this day, I kind of am. I kind of want to ask you this because I remember talking to you in the locker room your last year, and and you were kind of hinting, you're like, ah, I think you know, this is gonna be it for me. I don't know what's gonna happen next season. Of course, the next season was the 2012, 2013 lockout. And you're like, I'm thinking of going into hockey equipment. And I, I thought, I'm like, that's that's interesting because most hockey players generally either they get into like a bar or a restaurant thing, or they have some investments elsewhere, or they get right back into hockey on the player development or coaching side. Mm-hmm. Did yeah. you feel you needed to get away from the game entirely before you came back to it? Like, how did you kind of? View the next stage of your life before you said, "All right, well, let's get back into the game in my own way," which is on on the yeah. gear side.
1: Well, kind of, you know, I started, you know, and I studied engineering at school, so I always I always kind of had an analytical mind, and then I think playing the game the way I played it, and you know, you know, my identity became a lot about blocking shots and, and and body contact and other things. So I was always finding, you know, all of the faults in the gear. So the two things kind of aligned, and and I started developing intellectual property and, and getting patents on very specific types of protection systems and then really the licensing of that you know I, it was slow out of the gates i was tired like when i first retired i was tired it was you know the career was long and i, you I took to me a you, while. were hurt too yeah so i ended up i ended up getting paid throughout the lockout year i had a i had a really brutal injury the summer before the lockout year um training in the summer i was doing jump squats in the gym and I didn't feel anything at the time. I do, and they had these bands attached, rubber bands attached to the, to the big dump, uh, barbell. Right. And, you know, you do like 10 of those and then you do like 10 leaping bounds. And I, uh, somehow uh, I hurt myself. I didn't realize when I'd done it. So I, sk- I skated for like the next three weeks. And I, every Monday I would try to skate and my knee would blow up like a football. And I'd ice it for Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'd rehab it, you know, and do all this stuff. And I'd try again on Wednesday. Well, I tried that three weeks in a row. And I finally, you know, I finally called my agent. I was like, there's something wrong with my knee. And he says, get get your ass on a plane to Edmonton today, right? So huh. we, we get a flight booked and I get up there and I get in. This is, you know, inevitably is like five days before we get locked out. Right. And I yeah, I get the MRI and Doc comes in and he literally looks at me and he says, what the have you been doing right (laughs) so i broke i broke a base i broke a piece of the base of my femur off in my knee joint it like sheared a piece of bone off the size of my pinky finger and it was floating in in the joint space so i had a gnarly surgery to take that out and then they were going to do this really progressive surgery to try to get me back um And at that time, you know, with the lockout and I had a few other things going on, I was just like, I think this is it. So sadly, the last game I played was just like a chump. You know, I like hadn't played for like six weeks. We weren't going to make the playoffs, unfortunately, that year after our great start. And we started playing a lot of the young guys. Well, I hadn't played in like six weeks. And we go into Vancouver for the last game. And the night before in Calgary or something, a couple of defensemen go down and they're like, hey, big guy, you got to play. So I'm right. like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? So I had to get in the game. You know, I was out of shape, probably having too many burgers and beers, you know. And I, uh, I, I end up going in the game, and I was just like, please don't get, please don't get injured. Because I had two or three times in my career, like the last game of the year, I like blow a shoulder out or something like that, and you end up like rehabbing, you lose your whole summer. So oh. I was literally just trying to get trying to get through it. So that was the end. That was the end of that.
0: What you know, you had three goals, seven assists. 80 penalty minutes that year. You played 52 games. Like you mentioned, you were banged up, and they were playing the younger guys. You know what, Andy? That was right in the heart of the decade of darkness. For all the other fans out there, it's been dubbed that. What was it like for you coming into that organization from Anaheim, which was riding high still, and and ending up in a situation on a a team that was still trying to figure itself out?
1: I'll be honest with you. For me, you know, I I remember – Let's just tell you a quick little story. So when I when I played for the Sharks as a rookie, they partnered me up with Bob Rouse, and he'd come off of a couple of Stanley Cups with Detroit, right So he, yeah. he was like an icon to me, and and I remember him saying to me one time and I, I'd ask him questions about his career and about stuff, and he said said to me one time, I, I realized that after 10 years, I couldn't believe I'd played that long. Everything else was gravy. And I remember thinking at the time, like, oh, my gosh, like 10 years in the league. I can't even imagine, you No, know, like how lucky. And I was just, you know, all, all up and down, Bob, like trying to find out all the information I could find out. And then, like, you know, I get a chance to go play in Edmonton. I get a chance to go home to Canada, you know, at the end of my career. And I still like I still felt like I had a lot of fight left in me. And then I get to show up there and be part of the, re- you know, the redevelopment of this, of this amazing and storied, organization that I was a huge fan of obviously like everybody else who loved Wayne Gretzky and company you know as a kid it was like a dream come true for me You know, get to come in there and, and get to skate with you know Everlay and Nugent Hopkins and Taylor Hall and Devin Dubnik and I mean just and then have icons there you know Horkoff and Javi Boulin and Brian Smith I mean it was a and then the staff was just unbelievable like it's so professional and um, I had the best time honestly it was the best time my whole career I loved I loved it I would have loved to have kept going. Um, You know, at the end of that season, Tom Rennie called me and he said anything. And I'd signed another year extension, which I was so happy about, you know, I was trying to come back, but he called me in and he said, you're, you're, you know, just prepare yourself. You're going to play probably like 40 games next year. And I looked at him. I said, well, Tom, you know me well enough to know that I'm not going to accept that. Right. So the, the knee injury and the the crazy training, like I always trained hard, but I ramped it up a notch because I I wasn't going to be told that I can only play half the games. Right. So I was like, ready to ready to come in and go out my way. And it's just, it's just funny how sort of how life, you know, has different twists and turns for you.
0: That's very true. Andy Sutton joining us now, former oiler, right here on Locked On Oilers. Andy, you said that, you know, you're in the equipment and apparel business, and we kind of went through uh, how you got to that point. What's it like having a relatively new company or one that, you know, people aren't as familiar with when they think of hockey brands, uh, trying to go up against uh, the longtime brands like the Bowers and the CCMs, Easton, even, and and now Warrior has become prominent. What's it like for you trying to get a brand like Verbero out there, and and how do you kind of go about it tactically?
1: Yeah, it's a good good question. It's it's definitely multifaceted. You know, the the good news about Verbero is prior to my owning it, the the company spent a lot of time and money investing in in an nhl presence so they they had product in the nhl for about three years on a small scale it's got some notoriety because of that it it has some products to include the carbon fire one piece carbon fiber skate i mean this skate is it's honestly like i call it tell people all the time and every time i laugh and they laugh and i say it's like the bugatti of ice skates it's (laughs) it's honestly so beautiful you want to just put it on your desk and you don't want to wear it and and it it, you know i inherited it with the brand it had a couple of things it needed a couple tweaks so I focused on product. I made the skate better. As I said earlier, we brought in that 350 gram stick, which is just out of this world, like ridiculous balance. I wear tested it myself. I shot like 450 one timers with it and I'm still using this same stick like seven months later. Huh. I mean, it's absolutely crazy, you know, and we were able to plug that in. So from the standpoint of like where I'm trying to take it, I'm in a lot of ways trying to be the anti other brands because I think it's unique that my, say my story in the game, even ending up where I work at wholesale sports and understanding like so many facets of the game and then being a, being a, you know, being a player and then being able to be a brand owner and then talk directly to the customer and really try to get people exactly what they need. And then on top of that, because we can be more nimble right like i don't have a big infrastructure i don't have a million mouths to feed so we can be a leader in product development we can bring technologically advanced products to market and we're doing it we have you know already i've only owned it since december we've got a 350 gram stick and this one piece escape that's vastly improved from the last go around and people loved it so you know and then we we really brought in this this team apparel this on-demand team apparel program plugged into other facets of the wholesale sports business. As I mentioned, like working directly with, with manufacturers on game jerseys and, and on all the apparel items that team that teams need. And we offer it on demand. We've got a private label apparel partner here in Southern California that, that in some instances has like 30 colors in stock for like a long sleeve shirt. They do all the embroidery in house. So really we can turn anything faster than the other guys. And we don't, we don't make the teams take on a ridiculous amount of inventory and we can match any game jersey. So it's like, we do custom gloves with custom embroidery on it, and the things just keep coming. You know, the our goalie shirt, the padded goalie shirt, the feral goalie shirt is Braden Holtby still uses it. He's like religious about it. It's bit, you know he thinks it's the best goalie shirt he's ever worn. So we've got some. We we partnered with Kineski pads up in Canada. they're up in Toronto, the Toronto area. They're hand. They're a fourth generation you know handmade you know padding company, and they, they did an affiliation with us, and they're making all of our custom goalie gear. So we're getting everything handmade in Canada. It's it's um, you know it's it's a really unprecedented program, like head to toe. And then from now, I'm just really I'm just really trying to focus on connecting with all the people I already know in the game, and just like telling a friend the great story about a better option because everybody's sick and tired of paying what the big guys want to charge them, and the and the products not evolving. I mean, it's it's all about just putting a new paint job on on a similar product and putting it back back up to market. They're not innovating. So there's a void there, and I and I know it intimately, and I'm going to definitely make this a focal point for for the Verbero brand.
0: We're joined by Andy Sutton, former Oiler, longtime NHLer, now owns a hockey equipment company called Verbero. You're, you're talking, okay? You ideally you want to see your your brand on pro players in the NHL, playing on the international stage at times. Obviously, that's that's what every brand wants. But how was this going to appeal to the weekend warrior or the guy looking for a gear for his kid and, and not breaking the bank. Is, is that kind of something that's on the scope and scale of what you're trying to do as well?
1: Well, it is. I mean, it's like, I, I all I want to do is have the best products that I know of to come to market stuff. That's all comparable or better than stuff I used while I, while I played and well, and, and still stuff that I experienced because we're always, we're always research and development on all the products that are coming to market I can stand behind all of our products. They're they're amazing. They're unique in a lot of ways and amazing. And on top of that, we we charge abundantly fair pricing. We're in some instances half of what the next you know brand is at for say that their top of the line stick. We're less than half the price. And I can stand behind that. I can tell a friend, hey, like go check out our check out our stick. It's 1.99 all the time, and we you know we run promotions to the people that sign up, you know, for our brand on Berbero.com. So you, you, at times, and we just did a promo over Memorial Day, two, two sticks for 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. I mean, and these sticks are, these sticks are top shelf. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. And people are going to experience the new skate. And it's, it's so beautiful. People are going to talk about it. It performs like, like nobody's business. It's more comfortable than it's ever been. Cause I spent time on that. Um, you know, and there's, there's, there's team color gloves. And we got like eight colors of team gloves in stock. And it's a, it's a really nice glove. We're not trying to create a program that's that's predicated upon driving like total revenue like Bauer and CCM do. We're, right. we're, they, they create a program that has nine lines of, of items because they force their dealers to buy all, all those items to drive up their to drive up their sales that's not the program we're talking about. It's not even a good program. It's not about a better product it's about more product. We're about a better product and and I think that when people give us a chance and they and, they, and I'll stand behind everything they give us a chance, um, they're they're gonna they're gonna see exactly what I'm talking about.
0: Andy as a, as a guy that's in the equipment development game. Uh, how has the game evolved, and and how will equipment continue to evolve as opposed to stuff that you might have even used in your last few years?
1: Well, I, I know what we're working on, and you know some some of it I want to keep close to the best. Because Fair enough. There's gonna be some there's gonna be some exciting some exciting and really sort of paradigm shifting things that are going to evolve out of Herbaro. I think in general, there's been a a relative stagnancy in the game. Uh, I think there's been some progress. I don't think there's been enough and that's something that we're going to continue to address. That's something the brand's been known for. It's, it's done things differently. It's, it's tagline is be different. And it really is. It really is about being different. We're going to, we're going to hit some things head on. We're going to, we're going to give some custom options that never existed before. We're going to revolutionize, Padding uh, as as we know it, and that's going to be that's going to be something that people are going to be able to see in the next year or so. Um, it's it's really it's really a brand that's a, that's a, that's unique and and new and fresh, in it's it's approach and it's not so tied to a lot of the archaic principles and uh, premises of, of of a lot of the mainstay the mainstay uh, brands in in the industry.
0: Andy, I have to ask you this because you did play a long time. We've touched on your playing days uh, we touched on your time in Edmonton uh, I, what do you look most fondly upon in your dozen plus years in the league what are some of the best experiences you gained in your time as a player and and do you have any moments where you're like oh boy I wish I never did that or any cringeworthy moments that you're willing to share
1: Oh man so I'm, that's a good great question I mean it's, it's so open-ended and I could soft officer but I might as well go all the way that's <laughs> a great guy um, I, I, in retrospect, honestly, I'm just, I'm just thankful. I'm like thankful for all the amazing people I got to, got to play with, you know, got to work with and a lot of the equipment guys, media guys, I mean, just like just incredible people and, and, um, be part of these organizations and to have been able to play that game at a high level for a really long time is a, is a really special thing. So I think in general, I just feel abundantly appreciative and then, you know, com- coming out of it now. Um, I feel I feel compelled to find a way to give back the game's given me everything it really has and um, and I want to now I want to give back I want to support I want to support teams I want to I want to I want to progress I want to I want to bring innovation into a sport that deserves it and I want to I want to give people access to value and and I want to connect directly I don't want people to have to continue to connect the brands because like somebody pays an ambassador and like you get to see a like a really bitching picture of like Patrick Kane like stick out like it's all edited <laughs> and stuff like that and I mean that's great I mean it's not it's a cool picture I think it's cool but it's not it's not like you know some the owner of Bauer talking to you about his his experience in hockey and and how he's going to apply it Um, you know, I, I think it's different and I, and I really want to make sure that, that I can connect and, and, and work with young people. And that's going to be a big mission for the brand too, just to, just to get connected to people. We're going to run a, a, I think we're going to run a fun, like tournament series. We're going to travel all over and and bring teams in and, and do these cool tournaments and and give gear away and do like fun stuff like that. It's going to be a, it's going to be like a people's people's brand. Um, and I feel, I feel really excited about that. So I think the future, the future's is wide open, you know. And um, but I'll tell you, it feels it feels nice to be back in hockey and feeling and living and breathing it again because it's you know in Southern California here you can find a lot of distractions and and um, you know it feels it feels really wonderful to connect with old friends. Um, a lot of stuff's come forth from this since since announcing my ownership, and it's it's been really really fun.
0: Well, I'm glad you mentioned where you're doing it from because I was going to ask you: Are you like in some tech uh, bat cave like? gadgeted out to the max or where's where's your headquarters what are you doing with your day-to-day while you're not handling this uh, whole equipment slash wholesaler experience
1: well I um I have a I have a really nice uh, setup in my in my home I have a really great home office that I that I've set up to optimize my life and uh, it's nice having it at home I live I live kind of in the country my my family and I bought a homestead so we've got like hundred fruit trees. We've got uh, chickens, all kinds of vegetable gardens. Um, we've got some goats coming in a couple of weeks. We're getting a couple <laughs> of to keep the coyotes away. I'm serious. It's like, oh, wow. it's full on. Uh, and then I have a, I have a three-year-old son. That's like a, you know, he's like a, we call him Arden, the conqueror. I mean, it's just, it's, unbe- it's unbelievable. Uh, so we're, we're, you know, raising a young person and trying to feed ourselves, uh, as well as possible and just trying to teach him about sustainability and process. And, um, and then I have a great office. Our warehouse uh, is in Vista, which is about like 40 minutes from my home. Uh, I come in here, you know, a couple of three days a week for, you know, as long as I need to. And I, I have an, an office here as well. So I kind of, I'm kind of back and forth between the two. And then I really spend even, you know, notwithstanding coronavirus, I, I spend a lot of time at home you know, I'm, I'm definitely a family guy and I love, I love being home and especially you know, with, with all of my, you know, most of my food and, and stuff there, it's, it's, it's been a, it's been a wonderful, uh, it's been a wonderful time in my life for sure.
0: That's a uh, pretty unique. I'm glad I asked that because I always envisioned you, especially spending time around you during your time with the Oilers as kind of a city slicker and uh, a man about town. So pretty neat to hear, uh, where you wound up and what you're doing. And I'm glad you came on the podcast. It's great to catch up with you and hopefully you come back on at some point down the road.
1: I'm here for you anytime you need me. And, and it's, it's an honor to, to connect with you and reconnect with you. And uh, I, I, feel, uh, I feel really proud of what you're doing and the career that you're carving out for yourself. You sure deserve it. You, you work hard and you're, you're, a, you're an amazing young person. And uh, um, I feel happy to know you.
0: That's a 73% confidence boost for my day. Thank you very yeah. much, Andy. I, Sutton. I, we,
1: started at, we started at 10 and got all the way up to 73. That's unreal. I feel, you know, the best part, I feel better too, Tom. So let's go about our days now.
0: There you go. Andy Sutton, the Velveteen Giant, self-described Velveteen Giant. You can catch that episode of Ask an Euler from my days on Euler's TV with Andy Sutton. I saw it on YouTube, like I mentioned in the interview there. And I was like, boy, oh boy, I don't know. Do I go back in time and watch this thing over again? So if you want to watch it, it's on the Oilers YouTube channel. Have a look for yourself. And if you're looking for some new hockey gear and are curious to see what Verbero has for you and might want to try things out because, as Andy mentioned, he is we're rolling out some really interesting and new high-end equipment that rivals the best of the best in the game right now. If you uh, don't want to pay Bauer prices, CCM prices, you know, warrior prices, uh, check out Verbero at Verbero.com V E R B E R O.com and put Andy's gear to the test. Have a look, all kinds of color options and all of that. Very cool. I checked it out myself. Might have to talk to Andy and see if he could hook something up for old Tom while he plays with the beer leaguers on weekends and you know, weekend warrior, you got to get what you got to get. You got to try at least, right? No harm in asking. That brings us to this day in hockey history. We're talking May 21st, 1993. Yari Curry scored shorthanded for his 100th career playoff goal, putting him just three behind Wayne Gretzky to lead the Kings to a 4-2 win over the Maple Leafs in Game 3 of the Campbell Conference Finals at the Forum. So there you go. The former Euler connection connecting once again for the LA Kings during their Stanley Cup final run back in 1993, of course, losing to the Montreal Canadiens that year. That does it for this edition of Locked On Oilers. Big thank you to Andy Sutton. And make sure to tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NHL. Myself and Joe DiBiase from Locked On Sabres have got you covered heading into every weekend. Take care, everyone.